Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome to the Top Flight Podcast. We continue our Road to Moscow series, previewing all 32 teams for the 2018 World Cup in Russia. Esteban Bailey here with Mahith Gamaj. Today we're going to be talking about Spain. Prior to 2008, Spain was one of the great underachievers in world football. Throughout their history, they have boasted some of the greatest players to ever play the game, such as Raúl, Alfredo Di Stefano, Francisco Gigento, Pep Guardiola, and the original Luis Suarez. Their best ever finish, though, was in the 1950 World Cup in Brazil when they came in fourth place. After then, the best that the country could ever achieve was a quarterfinal in 1994 in the United States and 2002 in Japan slash South Korea. They even hosted the World Cup in 1982, but they only made it to the second round. However, that all changed with Spain's golden generation between 2008 and 2012, when La Roja won three straight international tournaments and popularized the tiki-taka Barcelona-inspired playing style. They won the 2010 World Cup in South Africa, defeating the Netherlands in a brutal final 1-0 on an Andres Iniesta goal with a roster that defies imagination. Xavi, Iniesta, David Villa, Xavi Alonso, Iker Casillas, and of course Carlos Puyol made up the backbone of that all-conquering Spanish side. However, in 2014, the Spanish were not able to, de- to defend their crown, and in fact, they went out in the group stage, and the Netherlands got their revenge with an incredible 5-1 rout in their first match of the tournament. Another underwhelming performance at Euro 2016 has, has some fa- Spanish fans feeling that Spain's title window has closed. Certainly a new Spanish football era is upon us, but will it reach the same heights of past years? They qualified from a tough group that included Italy, defeating them in the Bernabeu en route to a first-place finish that included an Isco brace. And in the most recent March friendlies, they drew with Germany 1-1 and crushed a Messi-less Argentina 6-1 in Madrid. There is some optimism with this squad. Maybe Spain Spain is kind of considered a favorite. Could they win this World Cup? Meath, can you tell me a little bit about uh, this roster and uh, the players that are on this new Spanish national team? Yeah, of course, Esteban. Um, of course, looking at the Spain team, midfield is absolutely world-class. They've got about six or seven players in there, all central players, but um, they're all world-class players, of course, all playing on big clubs, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, Barcelona. You have legends on the team, of course, legends of the game, Sergio Ramos, Andres Iniesta, Sergio Busquets, of course, who were around when Spain were, were World Cup champions and back-to-back European champions in their golden generation, which is kind of fading away now. I think with the retirement of Andres Iniesta, Spain's golden generation is dwindling dwindling, dwindling down a little bit. And I think we saw that with their Euro 2016 and 2014 World Cup uh, failures. But now they've got some great young players coming through, especially in midfield. I think that's where their their strength is really in. Uh, well, that's where their strength is. Um, they're Defensive core is among the best in the world for sure. Center backs Ramos, Pique, um, Aspilicueta, and Nacho. That's a, a great four to have. That's that's great depth. Even Monreal on the left can play in center back. So I think Spain have a great center back core. Goalkeeper, of course, they're set with David De Gea. 
um, easily top three in the world with Manchester United, and I think they're gonna they're gonna like their chances in this tournament with David De Gea in it. Up front, they've got some decent options. Diego Costa, of course, is the key one. He's a, a big, brutish striker that causes problems for the opposition. And they've got Iago Aspas, Rodrigo Moreno, who, who, are, who are great depth options. But I think Spain's strengths really lie in midfield. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with you there. But it is interesting that you did not mention Alvaro Morata, who was not included in Spain's final squad, uh, which is really interesting. He seems to be the striker, at least during the qualifiers, that fit this possession-based system the best. However, his form at Chelsea this season left a lot to be imagined. So clear, he was he's not going to go to the World Cup. Do you think that's going to harm Spain? Because I, I think it was a bad decision. But what do you think about that decision to leave Morata out? Um, I think you're right when you say Morata really fit the style that, that Spain play. I think in the past, Morata actually did really well with the Spanish squad, even if he didn't do well in his uh, club ventures with Chelsea and uh, Juve and Real Madrid in the past. Yeah, I, I thought it was, a, it, was a, it was a big decision sort of to leave Morata at home. But he did underperform all season, and Diego Costa is about two times the striker he is for club. And Costa, of course, easily among the best in the world, and Morata, you can't really say that about him anymore, or you never really were able to. So I think I think it was a it, it's not a huge choice. It's not gonna it's not gonna hinder Spain's chances massively. It was just um sort of just a small choice within the squad that that just didn't go Morata's way. Yeah, I just I, I look at it with Diego Costa. You know, we can talk a little bit about uh, some of the, the the system that Spain plays because it's a little different from their tiki taka style. Um, because while it is possession based, there is a kind of a, it's a very narrow midfield as you mentioned. Uh, their best talent comes from the middle. Iniesta and David Silva are likely to play on the wings, or you know, they're inverted wingers in a sense uh, in their four one four one kind of formation, but they also press a little bit. And I can see why, uh, you know, the manager would want to bring in Diego Costa, but I remember at the 2014 World Cup, he was like, it was like putting a wrench in a beautiful attacking system. He just, he was supposed to be in the locations to finish the ball, but he just wanted to have the ball so he could get through the defenders, and it, it just didn't really work. Now, in qualifiers, he has been a little better. Uh, he has scored a few goals. He even scored against Argentina in that friendly in March. But, I mean, you know what? You, you mentioned it. It may not be a big deal to not have Morata there. I, it's just a personal preference. I think he's a very talented striker, and he fits the national team a little better than Costa and maybe even Rodrigo. But this team is going to win. If the team is going to win the World Cup, it's going to come from the middle. And it seems that throughout qualification, they've identified one player who's really going to elevate this team. And he, we've been saying his name for years, that he's going to be the next great midfielder, and he is a great midfielder in his own right. But is this a tournament where Isco finally just puts it all together and just has a standout tournament where maybe he wins the golden boot or he has the most assists and he leads the Spanish national team to to glory. What do you think? I think so. I think this tournament could be sort of the passing of the baton from Iniesta and Busquets to Isco and Thiago and them. Um, Isco has been playing often for the national team now, and he has been he's, he's been great in qualifying, of course, scored uh, those goals against Italy, and he's been crucial for them. I think he's been playing on the right-hand side, but he, he's but of course he, he cut, cuts in, controls the game along with everybody else, of course, but... Uh, yeah, I I really think Isco has has a great chance to do well in this tournament, and he's 26, so it's it's his time to to you know, really hit the spotlight on the international stage. 
um, yeah, I, I think he has a great chance to do that. Yeah, I mean, you know, Spanish midfielders age like wine. The older they get, it seems, the better they become. But, uh, you know, it, it's interesting because you said it earlier, this is a slightly younger team. It does have some younger players that are being blooded in, such as Marco Asensio, who uh, has lit it up for Real Madrid. He scored in uh, plenty of games, and he has scored against Barcelona. He scored in the Champions League final last year. He might play against Liverpool in the Champions League final. Um, he's a he's a really interesting talent uh, for the national team. I don't think he scored many goals, but you know, off the bench, he could be one of these players that just changes the game. And his 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 uh, guile, his uh, pace, his ability to score from anywhere around the box and outside the box. I mean, he basically. I like to when I see Asensio, I usually like to think that unless it's a golazo, he doesn't want to score it. Uh, he's in, he's really incredible like that. But um, you know. I, I like the Spanish national team. I like how it's built. I like what the coach has been able to, to like update this team, keep some of the core players, keep some of the older players that know how to win this tournament while blooding in some of their excellent uh, younger talents. I mean, you mentioned the back line, and while it is Piqué and Ramos, they are they have depth. I mean, Monreal, Nacho, and Aspilacueta, they're, they're players that can play all across the back line. And even then, we, we have to remember that in the 2014 World Cup, Iker Casillas had a terrible uh, go of it. He was, he was at fault for at least three of the five goals the Netherlands scored. Uh, he was just not prepared. He, that was the end of his career for as a top-level goalkeeper. But now David De Gea, he didn't have an incredible performance at Euro 2016, but he's two years older. He's two years more mature. He's, uh, he's still a star at Manchester United. And as we saw in 2010, Spain, they may have the tiki-taka and the beautiful attacking and the great midfield, but... They need that goalkeeper in the back to just make sure that no, when teams counterattack against them or there's a counterpress or maybe a possible mistake is done in the midfield, they have someone in the back who's a rock and you just can't get past them. And I, I actually think that elevates their chances to go far in this tournament. What do you think? Yeah, so with De Gea, um, of course, as you mentioned, world-class keeper and gives them something to build off. Basically, he's a platform. But the interesting thing that that I see with with De Gea and Net is um, the past, but the past three World Cup winners have all had a, a world class keeper in Net. Of course, you look at the three best goalkeepers of the generation in Buffon in two thousand six, Casillas twenty ten, and uh, Manuel Neuer in twenty fourteen. So it's it's hard to see teams without a world class goalkeeper winning this tournament just because of what we've seen in the past. And Spain look at their goalie and say, okay, we've got that, we can win this tournament. Do you and think he's the I best goalkeeper I, in the world? Sorry. Do you think he's the best goalkeeper in the world? I, I'm a, I can't. I have no idea, honestly, because <laughs> Manuel Neuer has been out for so long, and I'm not sure how he's gonna be when he comes back. Before he got injured, I would have said Manuel Neuer for sure, but now I'm starting to think it might be De Gea if Neuer doesn't doesn't get back to the same level as before. Yeah, I would also say uh, Navas, uh, who's another goalkeeper in this tournament, uh, is pretty good too. All right, so we're coming to the part of the show where we're going to talk about expectations for this team. They're in Group B with Portugal, Iran, and Morocco. A little bit of an Iberian rivalry there uh, with Portugal and Morocco. Uh, so let me ask you. This is an interesting group. Uh, clearly, there's one top-level team and then two other teams that, uh, depending on where you're from, you know, they might be better or worse. But how many points do you think Spain can get from this group? Um, I believe they can get nine. They can, they can. I think they have. They can beat Portugal. I think they believe they can beat Portugal. Um, they've of course um, gotten the best of Portugal in tournaments in the past. 
It'll, it'll be a great game. That's a rivalry game, Iberian rivalry, and I think that's going to be a fantastic game, one of the best in this tournament. But I think Spain will look at their squad and think, okay, we can beat Portugal, and I think they'll aim for nine points here. Yeah, I think uh, this is an interesting group because uh, when I first saw that Spain was drawn with Portugal, Morocco, and Iran, I thought this is not the best group for Spain because all three of those teams are defensive-minded counterattacking teams. Uh, Morocco is the best defensive team in Africa. Uh, Iran is one of the better defensive teams in Asia. And they have a Carlos Quiros, who's a, a tactician from Portugal, who's also very defensive-minded. And, of course, Portugal won the Euros based off of a defensive counterattacking system. However, I think you're right. Uh, Spain can get all nine points from this group. Will they? I'm not sure. I think they're going to go, I think, seven, because I do think they're probably going to draw either with like they're, they're, Spain always screws up in the first game of every tournament. In 2010, they uh, lost to Switzerland. In 2014, they got smashed by the, by the Netherlands. I think this tournament, they're, since they're playing Portugal first, I don't think they're going to lose necessarily, but I do think they might draw with them. Morocco and Iran might give them problems, but I, I, I still think Spain is probably the, the favorite to come in first place. Would you, you'd, you'd agree with that. They, they should come in first. Yes, for sure. I think that I think to have any chance of this tournament, they have to finish first to get a favorable round of sixteen draw. Well, here's the thing. So in in the second round, let's assume they come in first. They're going to get one of Egypt, or most likely going to get one of Egypt, uh, Russia, or Saudi Arabia, and that's already like okay, right. Spain has a clear path to the semifinals. But if they come in second uh, to Portugal or you know one of the other two teams. Uh, they'll likely play Uruguay, which is that's not a good matchup for Spain at all. And I'm telling you right here, right now, if Spain plays Uruguay, there is a chance that the Uruguayans might upset them. I mean, Suarez and Cavani are excellent strikers. But yeah, I think. Let me ask you, what do you think is the realistic expectation for this team to in this tournament? Are they a finals contender? Are they just semifinals? Is there, does their tournament end in the quarterfinals? What do you think? I think that this team thinks they can win win the whole thing and i think they have they have to absolutely think they can win they can win the world cup with the squad they have um i'm just looking at their their bracket here uh and how it lines up so they would play the winner of group d most likely in in the in this in the quarterfinal which is argentina and i think they can they can beat argentina yeah we've seen that so, so. i do I, Yes, exactly. I th- and, and yeah, yeah, like just a couple months ago, they absolutely crushed Argentina. Messi was Argentina, of course, but still, still quite a strong team. I mean, it's a bad up. matchup for and, Argentina, so it makes sense. Yeah, and I, I, I do think Spain will make at least the semifinals. Finals is a bit iffy. It depends on you know how the rest of the bracket works out and how, and how well they play. You know, we always make these predictions, and you never fully know what's going to happen. But I think as for Spain, their goal is going to be to win the World Cup. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I, I well, we are going to have a big uh, predictions podcast at the end of this uh, series, but I, Spain is one of the teams that I'm looking at very closely as a possible winner of this tournament. The, to me, they're one of the top three favorites. Um, I really love their talent. I like how they're being coached. Uh, there are some questions with the attacking force, but overall, I think this is a really, really special team. And uh, La Furia Roja, let's go. All right, so that's our preview of Spain. Uh, Plenty more previews to come, plenty more teams to talk about uh, as we continue our road to Moscow on the Top Flight Podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.